Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, it is Trent here, and it is fantastic to have your company today for episode 281. Uh, this week, it's all about wrestling. We're gonna, Are you going to dust off the uh, strongman suit and flex a, flex oh, a few yeah. uh, cobras? Uh, the strongman suit? Yeah. I thought it was strong bad. Oh, it could be strong He's bad. He's a wrestler, He's isn't a, he? Yeah. Strong bad? Strong man. <laughs> it's going to go really well, I can tell. Well, we've got someone here to rein us in. We've got Frank in the room. Hello. Ben. G'day, g'day. Scotty. Hello there. And the wrestling maestro himself, Mr. Chris Fresh. Guys, long time no speak. It um, is too long. La- Albeit uh, impromptu Trent, Doncaster I- bump-ins. Yeah, Trent, <laughs> I, I ran into at a shopping center that's not even really near me, like... I just happened to want to kill time. I was hanging with my daughter and we went to Doncaster Shopping Centre here in Melbourne. And bizarrely, I saw this dude that strongly resembled Trent. (laughs) You're thinking in your brain, it can't be Trent. Like, where it's, this is too weird. And I just thought, I'm going to cheekily yell out Trent. And if he turns around, I guess it's Trent. And there you go. It was Trent. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was a very, um, very random meeting. Um, I don't know where he was. Like he, he was with a friend who was very mysterious about the location of where Trent was being hidden away. Yeah. I'll never know. I'd prefer not to know. No. Um, but I wanted to recommend some places. And it was sort of, I was hinting to his friend going, oh, you know, I'm out here in, the eastern suburbs of Melbourne, you know, where are you guys? And the dude just nodded. I literally had no idea where I yeah, was. And I, and I came back around because I thought I could give him some nudges of, you know, this. And I was like, yep, yeah, well, you know, Aaron's collectibles out in Blackburn. That's sort of out my way. So, and the dude just nodded. Yep. And I was like, no. Nah, we were after Doncaster. We were heading to the airport. So um, it was... These these were all great ideas, but I was very much yeah. um, being chauffeured around to, to different spots. We did check out the Lego certified store where I bumped into another random person, <laughs> which is, yeah, so two people in five minutes that I knew being in a different uh, city, which is very, uh, very odd. Uh, the life of Hollywood. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. Right. yeah. I'm not a Lego person, but that store is pretty cool at Doncaster. Yeah. Because um, you see a lot of the sets actually set up and built and stuff. Um, and it's near a giant zing um, as well. So, like, there's some cool stuff to look at. But before we jump into wrestling, I was going to say, guys, like the state of toys in Australia, you know, we lost Toys R Us. And, you know, our department stores are spotty. But I've got to say, JB Hi-Fi oh, are yeah. really yep. creeping up yep. as um, one of the, Like, it started with they got some pops, then they got some figures. But I was in there recently, and their toy section is really starting to explode. Yeah, no, it's good. It's, it's exciting when you go into a store with no expectations mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. see something you never thought you'd see on a shelf. You, you, you know, something that you go, I'm just going to have to go to eBay to get that or go online. I saw the... Transformers meshed with G.I. Joe Cobra His Tank that mm. turns oh, wow. into yeah. Megatron, yeah. Megatron mm. with the Baroness figure carded. And it's just like, 
Well, that's well, brilliant. And JB Hi-Fi. And JB yeah. Hi-Fi. So they're getting that calibre of sort of figure in. How much did they put on? I don't it need was, it. But how much did they put it, was, it was definitely under 100, maybe like wow. 80 that's bucks, pretty good. 90 yeah, bucks, something good. like that. So you walk in to yeah. go buy a washing machine, you yeah. come home with a builder figure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a win. It, it is. It's if, great. If they get the NECA licence, they'll be, uh, you know, pretty amazing, <laughs> I reckon. So. And, and, and I think they're, they're certainly undercutting Zing. It, and it's mm. not... It's not obvious, but it's, it's sort of... a tiny bit. Yeah, just... It'll always be either the same price or sort of, you know, maybe five bucks cheaper. So I've noticed and that that's on Black Series. It's going gonna, it's gonna to really hurt Toymate that's trying to find their footing. And I still can't work out their business model of hanging on to old stock forever like some of the Toy Worlds and Toy Kingdoms do. But sort of getting new stuff in but charging exorbitant prices and stuff like i love the idea of a giant physical store because it kind of reminds me of a toys r us but it like i, I guess they're doing okay because they're opening another store in melbourne at high point shopping center out here um so it's going to get to the point that almost every major area in melbourne you'll be able to find a toy mate hopefully they hit adelaide um just because we all we're all tragics that don't necessarily need to buy anything but like wandering into toy stores just to, oh, <laughs> just to take in the ambience. Um, is there but some yeah. connection between Toy World and Toy Mate or are they completely separate entities? I think they're separate but they're very similar in yeah. concept and I think stock. Because I thought, um, get the idea they use the same colours and things which is that yellow and purple theme. Oh, get me the purple bear back. That's yeah. oh, yeah. real, <laughs> yeah. real toy world. Yeah. Bring back zigzag. Let's get them all. Um, <laughs> let, let's toys. get them all going. Yeah. It, it definitely yeah. feels like they've got the same distributor. It's sort of that, yeah. that yeah. theme. Whether there's a discount kind of element to it that they get certain things that didn't sell in well, other or, places. Or maybe they, they just pair up as, you know, cousins, so to speak, and they say, look, you know, we can go halves in a shipping yeah, container maybe, yeah. or something. Blank Let's just power. do that. A shipping yeah. container of Rath, of Rathtars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like, um, let's get in there because we all know we need plenty of them. Um, but, like, speaking of sort of old toy stores, I know wrestling figures sort of aren't any of your forte, and I won't take offence like G.I. Joe fans would. Shout out to Joel. Um, <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't know it, like, it's sort of we all have our wheelhouses and wrestling for me i guess i'll come at it from there's two ways i can approach this in what i discovered in wrestling collecting later on in life through early ebay and sort of my childhood journey with wrestling um and i think i'll go more childhood and talk about the other stuff because it's an interesting history in i I was a kid, and wrestling, you guys are a little bit younger than me. Scotty, you're probably about eight years older. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll um, laugh politely. But, um, That's off the top, right? Yeah, uh, um, <laughs> but, like, like, wrestling was sort of really big for a while there. Like, the big events were shown on Channel 10. Um, like, I, I remember... WrestleMania 2 because it was Hulk Hogan and King Kong Bundy in the cage. It was all the talk of the schoolyard, but it hadn't really caught me. And even WrestleMania 3, you know, Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan, I think even if you don't know wrestling, you know. Oh, of course. Oh, they're all such famous names. Yeah. Sort of being in there. Like, that was, it was sort of like the WWF in the 80s, it was sort of like a synonymous thing you know like elf or he-man or any of those sort of properties like the wwf sort of held its own in branding with the 80s um, particularly hogan hogan had his own cartoon show yeah yeah Yeah. um and voiced by brad garrett um from everybody loves raymond um yeah but sort of for me um my mum passed away when i was nine in 1988 and 
I went to live with Uncle Max and he lived by the beach in Frankston and Uncle Max was into his wrestling and it would be on late on Channel 10, um, WWF Superstars. And I was never allowed to stay up late. And I was an early to bed, early to rise sort of kid. But, you know, Uncle Max was like, you're staying up with me. And um, they were showing WrestleMania 4. It probably would have been on huge delay because there were heaps of delays in Australia. And I was just watching it with Uncle Max and it just captivated me. And I, I remember, like, there was a wrestler called The Rock Don Morocco and he'd sort of been repackaged. He was coming out in tie-dye and coming out to the music of <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar. And Uncle Max is just, like, pissing himself laughing, going, look yeah, at him, yeah. he's a beach bum. I love him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I'm looking at Uncle Max going, yeah, you're right, he's my pick for this tournament because um, it was a tournament for the heavyweight title because um, Andre the Giant had swindled Hulk Hogan and, and there was an evil twin referee and, like, Hogan's <laughs> run had ended and they had to hold the belt up and Macho Man Randy Savage would go on to win, um, forming the Mega Powers, all this. So I sort of – it captivated me and I think uh, as a distraction of everything that was going on, I focused on wrestling. And you could go to the video store and there were always – tapes um so that sort of just became the thing and very much of my nature is i became obsessive about it and i unfortunately hooked on to wrestling when it sort of started to fade yes. in popularity in australia so um we're talking 1988 sort of 89 like pretty much by that point it it wasn't it, it, the boom had sort of started to pass here in australia and i remember wanting to get an action figure. And I don't know what they had in Adelaide, but in Melbourne, sometimes you'd have a news agency with a toy world at the back. Yeah, I don't know if you guys had that. And at the West Heidelberg Mel, there was a toy world at the back of news agents. And I remember going in there and I had wrestling figure fever. And the figures in the stores at that point, everybody would have seen them. They were giant, solid, yep. no articulation no articulation rubber figures called by LJN. Um, and I'm coming in pretty late into the toy line. So we get into the store and all that's on the shelf is Mean Gene Oakland, the announcer. Dude, <laughs> Paul doing the tuxedo yeah, holding yeah. a microphone. I didn't care. It was like, Give me I five. want that wrestling figure. And dad's looking at me going, you've got to be kidding me. You don't want the announcer. And I was like... I, I remember trying to sell him because they came with posters, the LJN. So you'd get your figure on these beautiful blue cards. Yep. Um, that's what we're going to miss with packaging now. That's another discussion for another podcast. Um, there'd be these great bubble cards um, and you'd get a poster of the of the figure, of the character that would be rolled up in the bottom of the packaging. Um, and I begged him for it. And I got Mean Gene and I didn't care. It was just awesome to have this figure. And kids at school sort of would still occasionally bring them to school because they were indestructible. Yeah. Yep. It took a lot, like you get paint scuffs on them, but it took a lot to beat up an LJN. And the benefit I always had was coming into toy lines later. I did with He-Man and I, now I did with wrestling was trash and treasure. Yep. yep. Kids would be trying to earn pocket money and they'd be selling the toys that they didn't want. So I'd go in and I'd be finding LJNs all the time and I'd be super excited to go, Oh, you know, they're 50 cents. <laughs> you know, I, I remember getting the ring for $5 oh, wow! Um, yes. and the LJN ring is this giant plastic piece with elastic ropes and the turnbuckles and everything. It's a cool piece. I've still got the LJN ring. Nice. Um, and it, 
overseas you could get a cage accessory for it which i've now gotten but those big blue bars like if <laughs> you end up getting involved with wrestling like me it's completely impractical to have a cage like that and wrestle in it um but, but you know everything about the wwf in the 80s was big you know like um steroids like it was america wasn't arnold yeah. schwarzenegger was big mm-hmm. stallone was big van damme was big like it was strength and muscles and all of that sort of appealed to me with wrestling and the ljn line sort of it it spanned quite an interesting period of time like and it had such an interesting array of characters. Like you'd get your Hulk Hogan's and your King Kong Bundy. But I tell you, I think children were sent to hospital with King Kong Bundy because if you went to play with LJNs against a friend, your knuckles were in big trouble <laughs> <laughs> because these things seriously are solid rubber Yeah, yeah. and they'd weigh a ton. And you would, you would sort of be bashing together and eventually you'd miss and you'd clock somebody's hand and you, you know, it's, you know, it's no good. But so, there were a couple of waves that came out that were really common. So like it had your Pipers, your Iron Sheiks, your Hogan's, your Macho Man's, George Animal Steel, Andre the Giant. Like they were everywhere. You'll find them everywhere. Like they're starting to get worth a bit of money, a bit like an original He-Man's yep. worth yep. a lot of money now. Like he wasn't five, six years ago, you know, he was probably a yep. $30, $40 figure He-Man. The same as Hulk Hogan, you know, like uh, the original Hulk Hogan with the belt, you know, you'd pick him up for... 30, 40 bucks at the moment. I remember my dad was South Australian and we're in the Rundle Mall and they had the Bendies. Um, and I remember seeing a pretty cool setup of uh, Bendies in the Rundle Mall and I was pleading with dad and he was like, no, oh, look at this small. You've got these big ones. You don't, you don't want the small. I always love the artful debate of parent and child. <laughs> of the child justifying under any means of why they need this new line. Um, and the, the parent going, you don't need this. It doesn't make sense in my adult brain why you would possibly need this. So they sort of, LJN had a bendy line. They had thumb wrestlers, which you would see these little figures that you suck your thumb up their thumb. Um, Yep. Um, Yeah. Like they're all pretty iconic. Like they're ridiculous, but they're iconic. Um, And it's an expensive collection to get into. Like I, because what happened with LJN's, they started to become rarer and rarer, even in America. And um, LJN stopped producing them and a company called grand toys actually picked up the license can you just pause for and a grand toys Two seconds. yeah yeah all good Trent's just gotta, um, his kids just come home so he's got to uh, get him something out of the yeah. cabinet right there you can just see him the top settled. of his little little furry head <laughs> i can i could i could see him digging in there hey just on a segue are you wearing a ninja scroll shirt your shirt no i'm wearing a sandman shirt oh Sandman. Right, right, there you go. Mm. It's very similar anime then, to uh, one of the characters in Ninja Scrolls. So. There's a... Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and it's got a wrestling tie-in because the wrestler Raven used to wear this exact shirt oh. when he wrestled in ECW. Very cool, very cool. Um, and WCW. Um, all right, but, you were. I'll jump back in on Grand Toys. Yep. So Grand Toys picked up the license and they sort of made some characters like the ultimate warrior and stuff who were popular, but they weren't around as much. Um, and there was also a bizarre series of LJN that had like Bam Bam Bigelow, the honky tonk man and stuff. And they made the disastrous decision to use black rubber as the mold and paint over it. And the way you play with LJNs is banging them together. 
So getting these figures untouched, like not needing yeah. a touch up and stuff like that is almost impossible. Yeah. Um, and it's really disappointing because they're really cool looking characters. So um, it's really hard to get them sc- scuffed. Like one of my mates knew somebody that did a really good job of um, repainting the LJN. So they looked pretty much mint, but, um, and they displayed really nice, but um, he, I think he just got too many orders and was like, <laughs> um, no, I'm out. So the LJN line was around, but that was sort of, it was coming to an end when I was finding wrestling fandom and I was just desperate for anything wrestling. Like you had magazines, you had videos, but on, on the shelves, there was really nothing. And then I remember, and we don't get these days anymore, but I remember just doing my walk around Northland shopping center in Preston, Melbourne. And I walked into toy world and there on the shelf were WWF Hasbro's. Oh, nice. So a year we talking then. 1990, late 1990, maybe yep. early 91. Yep. Yep. Um, and I was never a Hogan kid. I was an ultimate warrior kid. Yep. Um, like he, like he had the, it made sense being a He-Man fan. He had the face paint, he had the tassels, the muscles, like he looked like he could have been a He-Man character more than anyone. Um, you know, or maybe some toys. Um, but, uh, um, but you know, he, he sort of, I, I walked in and I just remember my jaw hit the ground that there were new wrestling figures and they were small, hard plastic figures that had action features that were made by Hasbro. Um, and they're commonly known as Hasbro's when we refer to them. Um, and they had tag team double packs and they had single figures. And I remember I had a war chest saved up because my family uh, were mad punters and they do big sweeps on Melbourne cup where, you know, you'd put in and then, and I won one year and everybody was fuming because nobody wanted the kid to win. <laughs> um, my siblings were all older than me. Um, and, you know, being an 11 year old kid, you know, I think I won like $90, wow. which was might as well wow. being a million dollars. At that point. And I remember going, I'm going to buy everything I see. <laughs> and you, know, you, you get, you get the, you get the parent sort of panic of no, no, no. You know, you, are you sure you want to spend your money on this? And it was like, I've been waiting to spend my money on wrestling stuff. Like there were no t-shirts. There were nothing. Like you could have got them earlier in the 80s, but at, by this point, it was pretty much done. 1990, Channel 10 cancelled WWF Superstars. So wrestling lost its presence on television. I remember we were so far behind and you didn't have news or anything. And I was a big Ultimate Warrior fan. And I remember sitting there and Ultimate Warrior was wrestling. But we call them squash matches where, you know, the guy just beats up an unknown in two minutes, hits his moves, hits his finishing move. I think it's a really effective thing that doesn't get done anymore because you know this guy and you think he's awesome because he's killing somebody and he's got this move that nobody kicks out of. And I remember the Ultimate Warrior is wrestling some fat bald dude and an insert of the wrestler Dino Bravo popped up on the screen and he goes, everybody wants to know which title is going to be on the line between Hulk Hogan and the ultimate warrior, but it won't matter because I'm going to beat the ultimate warrior. And I just like paused the tape and went, did he just say Hulk Hogan's fighting the ultimate warrior? And like my mind (laughs) just exploded that these two good guys were going to face off and you couldn't comprehend who was going to win. And that was the final episode of WWE. No! Uh, Cliffhanger. Show, showed oh. on Channel 10. And my shame, my shame with it is 
that when uh, the I've actually got an awesome poster from 92 that was hung in video libraries and it had release schedules for WWF events in Australia coming out on VHS and you can see that they're three to four months behind right. um, yeah. and I love the dates on it just showing that we were behind so I got Wrestlemania 6 on VHS I remember I was so excited and I'll be honest my biggest shame as a fan I fast forwarded to the end of the match because I couldn't handle it I I couldn't take it I had to see who won the the ultimate warrior did um, beat Hulk Hogan to unify the intercontinental and heavyweight title but back to figures so the Hasbros came out and hit Australia and they were really cool figures, like not necessarily great to play with just the type of plastic and stuff they were and that. But I was never, as a kid, I didn't bash toys together and play with them in that way. I just used imagination and scenarios and just having the physical representation um, was enough for me. Like going back to LJNs, when I used to play in the bath, because you could put LJNs in the bath, I used to use the Junkyard Dog LJN as a mech. And I'd pretend I'd have, I'd have, I had a mat tracker Um, and people, I'm probably a bit old to be saying that I was still in the bath playing with toys, but people, (laughs) mask fans would be devastated to hear me say this because it was on clearance. One of the few mask things I got given as a kid was laser command. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, I, the I, one, I, one I did, thing I don't have. I didn't. I didn't Jeez. even realize Laser Command is rare yeah. until recently. And I was like, I had that. I had the stupid wooden box and the yep. laser technology and stuff. So, um, and it had a weird mat tracker and yes. I think it, it was, was a repaint, yeah. like yeah. a light blue. And and so I used to, I used to pretend Matt Tracker was piloting a junkyard dog right. as a, a mech sort of thing, like a Voltron type thing um, when I was playing in the bar. So LJNs were handy with that. But yeah, I always preferred just using my imagination um, with toys. So with the Hasbros, I'd sort of, I was in grade six, starting to get into year seven. So it more just became what I, my collection is now of yep. just displaying them and having a representation mm. of these characters just hanging out in my room as opposed to playing with them. And for me, it was just awesome to finally have a sign that I'm a wrestling fan and I could have these toys to display. And Hasbro sort of, I think, are amazing sculpts. The artist Ron Rudat, who did a lot of G.I. Joe stuff, um, he did the designs on all the Hasbro figures and they're beautiful sculpts, you know. They're not using scan technology like they use with modern figures, you know. They're just cartoony looking but in the right way um and yeah i i didn't care for the action features um you know they've got horrible figures that they call jumpers where oh, the dude's yeah. legs are pinned together and it's got a t on the back and you push down it's like the old man. Oh, yeah okay. yeah a bit like that and um i always hated that it was like ah, oh, i don't like get rid of these action figures uh, action features because i've never been big on articulation and features you know i just uh, I don't necessarily want a statue statue, but I just want it to look good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I had um, I had quite a few Hasbros, but then re- sort of reached that age where I stopped. And I would go on to buy a few more Hasbros because when I was in year 11, I reckon, I'd go into Kmart and there were green-carded Hasbros. Here we go. And they were pretty <laughs> lame characters. Yep. There was the one, two, three kid. There was Adam Bomb. There was Yokozuna. There was the Smoking Guns. And there was Ludwig Borger. And they were $5 each. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, $5? Mm-hmm. 
I'm buying these, you know. Um, I saw Crush, Evil Crush, sitting on the shelves at maybe for three years, you know, <laughs> just didn't go. What I didn't realize, those figures never came out anywhere else in the world. Yeah. If only you'd and, known. Yeah. Yeah. The old time machine. Green carded Hasbro's uh worth stupid money i remember meeting a friend through tape trading with wrestling which was a thing i got into because we couldn't get stuff and we could get it two weeks behind because people would get tape sent from america and trade it and i met a friend of mine still a friend of mine boost and we became friends over action figures and he was like oh i, I get full sets of Hasbro figures that didn't come out here, like the yellow series, because they were all in different colors, the series, yellow series, red series, blue series. And I go, what, how? And he goes, oh yeah, I just pick up a set of green cards and I send it over there and they'll send me like two sets. <laughs> and I'll go, how does that trade work? And he goes, yeah, yeah. He goes like comic shops over there and card shops. It was card shops a lot at the time because cards were all the rage. He goes, yeah, yeah, they can't get enough of these green card things. They never came out in America. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. Not thinking of <laughs> their value or anything like that. So just to put it in perspective, we've all felt over the pandemic the pinch of collectibles going up in price. Yep. You know, we've seen some silly prices. A loose one, two, three kid a year ago went as high as 1,250 US. Wow. Insanity. Loose. Jeez. Insanity. There's a wrestler called Matt Cardona who has a wrestling figure podcast called the Major Wrestling Figure yes. Podcast. Um, somebody borrows the Let Them Breathe um, moniker yeah. that they came up with on the Toy Power Discord. Spin, yes. yep. Yeah. Um, borrows and made famous, I think. Um, and, and Matt Cardona, to sort of get heel hit, as we say, he's a bad guy, set a light, a one, two, three kid on no. card. <laughs> Just to, troll, just to troll people and it was like i thought that was pretty funny but insane at the <laughs> yeah, same time about three and, more sitting sitting off camera like. uh, yeah and um so the other sort of figures we had in australia at the time was wcw was not big in the early 90s it would with nitro later on with sting and the nwo and stuff but they had figures called galoobs which were similar in when i say galoobs they were made by galoob but yep, we refer yeah. to them as galoobs um they were similar statue stature to hasbro's but with zero articulation um you get rick flair sting um those sorts of guys they came out in australia um came out had them for about five bucks each i i hate it i didn't particularly care for them because i wasn't a wcw kid <laughs> but now you think about it i was like oh they were sitting right there like <laughs> i would have bought a million i've got them all now um and yeah then in australia there sort of was a lull after hasbro's and jack's pacific um yep, yep. Um, which Jeremy Padawa, who now is in charge of the company that does Squishmallows and um, I can't, which toy line is it? Um, Jazzwares. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Now at Jazzwares. So um, he was heavily involved in the wrestling line at the time as a, as a young guy. So Jack's figures, they, were, they had bone crunching action is what they were and you'd sort of open their arm and it would make a bit of a clicking sound. I detested these figures. They looked terrible. The sculpts were bad. Like, they just, 
like Bret Hart, who's my favorite wrestler of all time. He looked like an emu. Like it just <laughs> like they were there. Like it was still sort of cool to see wrestling figures come out in Australia again, but they just weren't good looking figures. You know, it would take a while for Jax to find its feet. Was that um, because the action feature got in the way, or it just maybe? Or just I, I just don't think they cared for sculpts. Right, no, they just yeah. They you know, didn't look yeah, good. yeah. It was very basic, um, and I'm not nostalgic for them because I was 18, 19 sort of yeah, when they came yeah. out. I was like, oh, this looks like rubbish. Particularly when you've got McFarlane releasing Spawn figures that are looking awesome. Like you sort of, and I know we laugh at Power of the Force now, but even they were pretty cool figures. So you started to expect a bit more from your action figures. So when you're yes. seeing something, you're going, no, no, this is rubbish, yep. you know. Yep. Yep. Um, so Jax would have the license forever, but, Toy Biz would pick up the WCW license and they also came out in Australia and they were pretty cool looking. Like Toy Biz always did a pretty good job with figures um, as we saw with Marvel Legends, um, which they'd get into. But so um, Toy Biz had the WCW license and Jax had the WWF license and wrestling boomed. The NWO became big, shirts were everywhere. Mm. Steve Austin became big, Austin 316 shirts were everywhere. Um, Goldberg became huge, like wrestling boomed again almost bigger than what it did in the 80s and wrestling was everywhere and the toys were everywhere yeah Yeah, um exactly the attitude here and i loved it but hated it at the same time because that typical gatekeeping thing a little bit of that thing i stuck i stuck by when nobody wanted to watch it (laughs) and now Everybody can just watch it on pay TV and everybody's got the shirts and everything. It was like, mm, I like this before it was cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I had to um, work for my VHS tapes, damn it. Like, yeah, but it was also cool that it was just easily available yeah. and sort of wrestling figures have been available ever since. Well, but what I did get to sort of work out in that time was the history of wrestling figures because as a teenager, my taste and appetite for wrestling changed of just being a WWF fan. I worked out there was wrestling in Japan. I worked out there were small independent promotions like ECW, like WCW was now on the menu. So I learned about all these things. And the first wrestling figures were actually by, I'm not sure if it's pronounced as Poppy or Popey in Japan. Um, And they had a line of wrestling figures and they actually made the first Hulk Hogan figure. Okay. Um, Because Hogan, yeah, yeah, he first wrestled in Japan. Um, So these probably came out in 1981. Um, And they're pretty cool figures, really expensive to get your hands yeah, on yeah. like beautiful sculpts like japan just does toys well doesn't it like yeah. it's like um there's a terry funk there's a duel of the butcher like there's some ja- famous japanese wrestlers like it's a cool line i've just i never yeah, i've danced bit. with it and yeah. it, i i never bit it was like a, a little bit too expensive another line that was out at the 80s and i think they bid on the wwf license and didn't get it and they got a license with a company called the awa the american wrestling association was yep. remco yes. and yep. um I think a lot of these bodies that we use on the wrestlers would go on bootleg figures by remco yep. that you'd see everywhere yep. and um so sort of like famous names Remco would have made with Ric Flair, um, you know, the Road Warriors or the Legion of Doom, like um, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Like they, they were sort of, uh, they're like He-Man figures mm. in a lot of ways. Like I think people would not know that necessarily that they're wrestling figures when they see them. They probably just think they're a bootleg He-Man figure, but they made a ring, they made a cage, they made a belt, um, and they were available in Australia because I've seen them 
at Trash and like that's your gauge, isn't it? If you see yes. it at Trash and Treasure, you're pretty sure it came out. People here. didn't import them to sell them for two bucks at a Trash and Treasure. <laughs> I'm still I'm still skeptical on whether Baxter Stockman came out here, though. I'm I'm still not sure on that one because I never found it. Um, but yeah, so so they were around. Um, yeah, you then sort of as you move into your 90s and you've got Jackson Toybiz doing that, um, a company called Original San Francisco Toymakers, um, they had the license for WCW before Toybiz and they made LJN-esque figures that were a crappier rubber and lighter and smaller, but, you know, and they had like Hogan, Sting and those sorts of guys. They made awful figures. You've got to look them up. They're called Vibrasonic. And okay. I, I, that, that I've got name. one. I've got no, no. It just ro- rolls off the tongue, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Don't, no, don't just look it up just on a wait. Yeah. Just wait. To, wait till I describe it. They're pretty solid figures with a red button on the side, and you push it, and it just vibrates. Right. Oh no! Right. Yeah. Um, and it was like, what the hell is this? Um, and, Sold in the well, wrong toy store. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, and and they, um, I remember I was so excited. I went to a, a comic store called Comics or Us in the city and um, they had a sting. And he hadn't even, like, he would go on to sort of have a look like the crow. He went from a surfer dude with blonde hair and bright yeah, face paint and neon colors to look like the crow. And they had the first sort of representation of him in that, and it was a vibrasonic figure. I paid $50 for that. <laughs> um, just to sort of have the first sting figure. And he, like the figure was done when he was growing his hair out. So it didn't even have the long hair. It was the awkward phase sting. Um, and he just stood there vibrating. Um, but yeah, so they would go on to actually, when they lost the WCW license, ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling, was like the third company. It was sort of like the rebellious company. A lot of guys got their start there. And they were not big enough. They were too big to be small and too small to be big. Mm. And sort of like, so when Acclaim lost for WWF video game license, they made an ECW video game. I think they made a couple of them. When original San Francisco toy makers lost the WCW license, they picked up ECW license. So they did a run of ECW figures and they're actually pretty cool figures. Mm. I've got the entire run. I didn't go for the variants, but like I've got everybody, I've got a soft spot for ECW. It was my rebellious teenage wrestling promotion. (laughs) Um, It doesn't like, problematic today to go back and watch ECW. Um, it wasn't politically correct. Um, but, you know, it's still, it was pretty awesome as a kid seeing all this blood and chaos and scantily clad ladies and yeah. all sorts of things teenage boys want to see. Um, and sort of then all the wrestling companies sort of collapsed and WWF bought WCW and ECW and Jack's Pacific sort of had the entire run of wrestling figures and they introduced real scan technology where the faces actually started to get pretty good, but the bodies were ridiculous. Like everybody was the same height. Everybody was jacked. You know, it was always disappointing. You know, you'd have Bobby the Brain Heenan standing next to Andre the Giant and be just as tall as him. Yeah. You know? I was like, um, I was like, come on, Jax. Like, uh, like put some, like, you're so close. Yeah. <laughs> and they, like, they would get there and create some cool figures. And they actually, they were the first ones to do the classic superstars line where the WWF finally worked out there was money and nostalgia. Yeah. Because yeah. they never, they, they didn't love embracing their past. And um, Jax actually had a pretty cool deal where they could 
negotiate with wrestlers independent of WWF and sign them to figure deals. So like Bret Hart, as an example at the time, who was not on good terms with WWF, neither was the Ultimate Warrior. Jack signed them to legend figures. And I remember my mind being blown of, we're getting a Bret Hart figure. Like, this is amazing. So Jack's did some pretty cool stuff, but very hit and miss on whether they're the best wrestling figures of all time or the worst, (laughs) probably both um, in a lot of ways. Then after about 10 years of having the license, WWF sort of became a lot more kid-friendly, for better or worse. You know, um, they sort of became the Disney of wrestling, the the Coke of wrestling. You know, they were PG the brand. era, in other words. Yeah, yeah, John Cena. Yes, um, John Cena. They, <laughs> yeah, they, they were the only sort of game in town and they were becoming a lot more family-friendly. And But what that does is it opens opportunity. You know, like Mars and Snickers start sponsoring Raw. Oh, right, okay. But okay. Mattel go, maybe we should make wrestling figures. Ooh, where yeah. wrestling was so out of control in the late 90s with the yeah. Attitude Era and everything. You know, you had boobs everywhere and swear words and, yeah. you know, suck it and <laughs> like all this stuff. <laughs> A porn star character called Bell Venus. You know, where now they'd marketed themselves to become really family friendly. Mattel jumped into the market. And Mattel started making wrestling figures. And look, they've done a pretty good job with it. Um, And the line is huge. Like, I I couldn't, I assume there may be completionists out there, but it would be, I don't know how you could. Like, you guys would see, like, Mattel wrestling figures are everywhere. Um, Not everything comes out, but a pretty good selection of wrestling figures are always on the shelves at any one time. Um, They do a good coverage of legends of current guys, kids lines. They release rings, replica belts. Um, They, they pretty much run the gamut of everything. And like Mattel have probably created the best representation of any one wrestler from any era. So if you were going to sort of jump into a wrestling line, I'd point you to Mattel just because it's going to be your one-stop shop. And they they learned from like the mistakes of Jack's where they had, you know, Andre the Giant was a head taller than everyone else. Like they had different body shapes and they, they haven't been perfect, but a lot better. Um, and they're, you know, I I have doubled dabbled in Mattel because it's hard when you see a figure on the shelf, you just grab it, you know? And it's like, you walk in, I go, Oh, Bret Hart, how can I not buy Bret Hart? You know, so uh, I've tried limiting myself to just buying Bret Hart figures, you know, but you'd see them and you'd go, that's a Razor Ramon. It reminds me of the Hasbro, you know, and they'd even do the gear based on the Hasbros and stuff to hit that nostalgia spot. Mm. But sort of where I got to it with, I could get the Mattel. I could just look at my Hasbro, which is why I want to get the Mattel is because it reminds me of the Hasbro that I've got. (laughs) You know, what am I doing? (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's that cycle. Um, And look, we all do it with Marvel figures, with DC figures, with everything. Like we're chasing modern representations of figures that we love when it's probably better just to focus on the figures that we love, but we don't, you know, we're addicts Um, and it's how it is. But, um, Mattel were doing that in Japan, a company called Charapro or Carapro. I always said Charapro cause it's how it's spelt, but if it's character pro, I guess it would be Carapro. I don't know. Um, they produced a line of figures for new Japan pro wrestling, which are beautiful figures. They're sort of the size, a bit smaller, but they're similar to Galoob's in a way, but the, their arms and legs move. 
they're some of the best wrestling figures I think that have ever been made. Um, they're just, the sculpts on them are amazing. Like the effort. And, and as we've seen with action figures, the paint job makes such a big difference oh, yeah. on how the figure yeah. looks like how many times have you guys seen like a star Wars figure or a Marvel figure, or even a wrestling figure and like somebody like a John Lucas Reyes or somebody like that will touch it up. Yep. And the paint job shows how you good go, the sculpt of the figure the is. Yep, yep. Yeah, it, and I think that's what makes Hot Toys look amazing is they do a great job of the paint application. Yes. And because you see these basic terrible looking figures that get a touch up of paint and all of a sudden they look amazing. And um, that's what with the Charipos, like the, they just look incredible and their accessories there. Now them I have dabbled in at times and my wrestling collection has gone back and forth to it has swelled to being ginormous. And then I've said, oh, I'm out and I've done sell-offs and then I'm like, Oh, why'd I do that? I'm back in. Um, and then I'm out. And I think we've all done that with yeah. different lines over the time. So um, I, I, I try, I'm trying to find peace with wrestling sort of where I think for me Hasbro's because that was my journey in the nineties. Um, I'm two figures away from the set. Wow. Um, yeah. nice. So, um, and they're just repaints. It's a black and silver Shawn Michaels in Series Ten, and a purple Razor Ramon in Series Ten, and they were fifty dollars figures a couple of years ago, oh, and they're two hundred and fifty dollars figures now. And I should just spend that money and end it, yeah. but I can't. Like, yep. <laughs> it's uh, like I, I, I it, keep. But then you end it. What's yeah, next? Then yeah. you've got to yeah. go on to. Yeah. No, I, 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 I'd be okay. <laughs> there were there were mailaways, but they're so obscenely expensive. Like there were three mailaways. There was a repaint Undertaker, repaint Bret Hart, and a unique Hulk Hogan, which is annoying because um, he's not just a repaint. But like you're paying thousands for them. Yeah. Like since the boom, like they were probably two hundred dollar figures five six years ago. Now they're three thousand dollar figures. Wow. Um, so I just I block it off in my brain of I wouldn't have even been able to get them anyway. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you would have I think you had to cut out a coupon in WWF magazine and send away and get them. Yeah. So um yeah like it's I know I'm doing a very condensed version of wrestling's journey um action figure wise because there's so many like a company called Callion in Mexico did figures for the promotion AAA and CMLL over there they're really rare figures like Rey Mysterio who's really famous um that was his first action figure um they're really cool figures but once again it's sort of like um the Megator and stuff that were only yeah in Hispanic countries, really expensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you, you think, like, these crossovers, they do a few of these crossovers. I've seen them meshed up. Um, what have we had? Turtles and, and Ultimate Warrior yep. meshed up. Yep. And most recently, the Origins figures have, have mashed together these. Well, they oh. sort of started with the WWF in a sense, Motu line, yeah, in a way. It pioneered a lot of the sculpts. So we sort of saw maybe the Fisto armor. Okay, we know they're going to reuse that for Fisto, but yeah, it was it was really I, quite I was interesting baffled, how running it. I, I was baffled by that line. Mm. Like, it was like, because people were going to me, this must be your dream. They're combining wrestling with Masters of Universe. I was like, no, not really. Like, yeah, it's not it's giving me what I want either. from wrestling yeah. and it's yeah. not giving me what I want from Masters yeah. of the Universe. Yep. So I don't know what this is. Like, it's funny. I got a Macho Man, Andre the Giant. I stripped all the Motu armor off them and they're pretty cool. <laughs> figures on wrestling there. figures yeah. Yeah. Um, but some of them you can't couldn't, do they that. were too modified yeah, um, yeah. like I did because Bret Hart's my guy like it, it's sort of cool in concept like um, 
Bret Hart's triclops because he'd wear the shades. Yeah. So um, you, you've got that. Like, it's cool, um, but... I, I think the line was a bit of a fail, but what it did spawn was we got the origins line. Yep. And now with wrestling, we've got what they're calling the superstars line. Yep. And they're pretty much those figures, but wrestling. Yes, that's right. And that makes more they're, sense. Um, they're amazing yeah. because they're cartoony and it sort of realistic is fun in a way, but it's a bit boring when you're doing the eighties and nineties characters where they were wacky. Yeah. You know, I almost yeah. think you sort of need to go cartoony and over the top a little bit with them. And I think the Superstars line, they're Walmart exclusive. Uh, um, the, the Superstars line is probably my favorite line of current wrestling figures that are out there just because they look so cool. It was like Mattel finally figured it out. Mm-hmm. Not distribution. That no. they're <laughs> awful at. Yeah. Um, and I, I, made, I made the worst mistake in there's a company called Stackery that you can buy in America, send to there, and they'll forward to Australia. And I had some superstars figures on pre-order, and Walmart do stupid pre-orders where nine months in advance you can order from Walmart, or three months, and they keep delaying it. And I forgot. And all of a sudden, Stackery emailed me going, you've got two figures sitting here and it was a Kevin Nash old super shredder nice. himself sexy. Yes, we got it in there. Um, I'm glad. And, and Shawn Michaels is sitting there and I'm like, cool. Um, whatever. I'm just, uh, it'll sting a little bit. I'll just ship them. Whatever. I just did it the other day. A hundred dollars Australian for oh, two figures. Just for shipping. Wow. Just for shipping. Oh, you're oh. kidding. I felt sick. I almost yeah. was going to email them, go and just put the figures in the bin. Like, you know, I like I'd rather almost just lose out on what I paid for the figures Far and not out. pay this hundred bucks. But you know, you just get to that thing of I'm just going to do it and I'm never, never again sort of yeah. thing. Um, so people be careful with the forwarding companies, yeah. you know, like it's just shipping's just so rough. And like, they didn't give me a basic option to ship to Australia. Um, and yeah, like it was like $95 plus they stung me with a $5, whatever tax. Um, and like, it was, it was rough, but they are my favorite line of figures. Unfortunately being Walmart exclusives, we don't get them in Australia. Enough, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the, and, but I got the turtles wrestling figures cause it was just sort of cool to see them. I preferred the turtle crossover than I did the Motu crossover. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, I actually wished I wanted to get the turtle ghostbusters, but they never came out here. They did. Um, we, I saw them. we had them at our toy yeah. world. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. I never actually saw them. No, we, we um, definitely had them in Australia, whether they um, were toy Because they're expensive to try and find now. Like, right. the, okay. yeah, the yeah. turtle Ghostbusters are like, I love Ghostbusters. Like, the turtles, for some reason, I can handle them cosplaying. Wrestlers cosplaying as masters of the universe. People, yeah. Like, it was just a weird concept. Look, they try because they did a Castle Grayskull ring, yes. they did a Snake yeah, Mountain weird. ring. Um, like, they gave it a go, but I just don't think I don't know who it was meant to appeal to. Like, yeah. I think they missed everybody. Um, but it, look, it has given us what origins are now. Um, and you guys did an awesome job, by the way, of going over Master of the Universe. Um, you actually helped me come to the realization of I don't need origins. Um, <laughs> It's like, what am I doing? Like, it's because it's not going to end. And then I've got doubles of these vintage oh, man figures yeah. that I've got. Like, they're cool, but the vintage is cool. Like, I, I it's the excitement of seeing stuff on the shelf. Well, it's, and it's, that's it's the excitement of being able to click a button and, and put it in your cart rather than hunting eBay or hunting the markets and mm. things trying to find it. It's, uh, you know, and you can place that pre order six months in advance for a character that 
you know you you will get eventually but you know finding the vintage version is a lot harder so yeah, i 100 percent agree and, and, and that's sort of been my journey with wrestling and probably a lot of figure collecting it's that excitement of seeing it on the shelves and that's why it's a bit of a shame losing toys us and like retail being the way it is is well action figures now it's different like back then you you know you see hasbro's on the shelf for five dollars if you like you know you see some of the like I saw a three and three quarter Star Wars figure for thirty four dollars. Yeah, Oof. yeah, and it's like, and that's legit. Like that's Zing, I think. Yeah. And I was yep. like, what? Who, who's paying this? Yeah. Like well, it's Marvel Legends are now sixty five dollars or yeah, something some like of the, that. Some of the special edition uh, ones. Even yeah. even uh, the Origin, so which you know breached that line between a, it could be a kid's toy, you know, for an eight year old, or mm. it could perfectly be a nostalgia fix for an adult. But still at $20, that's like a month's worth of pocket money for any eight-year-old that's getting $5 a week. you know. And, mm. and are they going to be patient enough to collect more than five characters in the space of that time they can earn you know, that amount of money? Mm. And then they've just got to have their fingers crossed every time they walk in to the shop, they've got a choice. Oh, and not, yeah. and yeah, not just right. He-Man and Skeletor clogging the pegs. Uh, that's the other thing, you know. No kids, no kids collecting origins. No, I understand um, that, but like, I just, I just. I know, but they to... would. Like, I think yeah. there's a chance yeah. if they were appropriately priced, if they were fifteen bucks and you could walk in and they were readily available, I think, you know, even us enabling our kids by buying it for them, you know, like it would, I'd buy my youngest Hunter, I'd buy him He-Man figures if I could just get them for 15 bucks and he'd be my proxy. Even if he didn't yeah. want them, I'd force yeah. them on him. <laughs> um, but you can't, you know, when it, you start paying 20 to 25 bucks, you start going, mm, you know, it's a lot of money. And I was telling the guys before we started recording, I was in big W and they had the reissue turtles for $11. And that, piqued by interest i didn't need them i've got them um i've got the vintage of them um i've got the reissues of them i've got reissues from about five years ago and reissues from about 10 years ago (laughs) it's like i've got so many i've got so many ninja turtle van reissues that there's a local wrestler here cracker jack that he's like why don't you put them on your feet and your hands and just roll around. <laughs> um, which always made me laugh that that's where he went to of what yep. I should do with the turtle vans that I have. And it's like, but because I got it for Christmas one year from Santa, when you just see that packaging, yeah, you can't, it you gets can't you. It. Like even those um, weird reissued Transformers that are in vintage packaging, but the figures aren't accurate yeah, that are at they, Target they and almost, stuff. They almost um, got me. Yeah. I almost picked they them got, up. Me like, too. Oh, they've got me too. It's got me. Yeah, and then and then I was reading and people going, these figures aren't accurate and blah blah blah. And I was like, oh, I don't even want these things. Yeah. If that's yeah. the case. Like, I didn't even care. It was just the I saw the, the packaging package. and it yeah. took me back to that yeah. nostalgia. I'm like, I never, um, I don't have a mind back. I don't have these figures in my G1 collection. And you still almost, don't. And then and then I realized, you know, hey, they're not they're reissues of the whatever line. The modern one. And yeah. they're not. They're so not, you know, and I'm like, just in well, case I get just in case I get pounced on in wrestling companies jumping around. Toy Biz picked up the TNA license for a while there. They were available in Australia. Um, there was a six-sided ring because TNA had a different wrestling ring. Six-sided rings were used in Mexico and TNA adopted it and brought it into America. And they were pretty cool and they were pretty good sculpts too. Um, but Toy Biz went under. Yeah. And when they went under, that license got picked up by Jax, who lost the WWF license. They half-assed the line. Um, they were out here, but it just, you know, like Jax, don't do a good job with toys. Um, and 
we've now seen AEW All Elite Wrestling, um, which is the wrestling company which has grabbed my interest again and my son loves it and I love father-son bonding with him and watching the wrestling. They, um, Jazzwares, have brought out figures that you will see at Toy World. Um, they've brought out a replica belt, a ring. The funny thing with that ring is it's the same mold as the Toy Biz ring oh, that nice. came out in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. like um, you find that these molds get reused. And I'm pretty sure somebody was saying that I could be wrong, that that was the Bendy mold that WWF had. So I don't even know how that works with reuse of molds crossing companies yeah. and stuff like that. And Jazzwares actually bought the naming rights to LJN and uh, have bought out rubber wrestlers using the LJN packaging. Oh, okay. Okay, right. Yep. Right. But nobody can recapture the heft and type of rubber. No. It's LJN probably highly limited. cancerous. It's pro- that, uh... and prob- <laughs> probably, and it's probably expensive yeah, is what yeah, I would sure, say. Yeah. You know, like, it's like back metal and stuff like that in the 80s that we, it's, you rarely get it replicated well. Yep. Now, like for some reason, some of the stuff that they could do in the 80s. Yeah, they can't do anymore. Holograms, yeah, they're a tough the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like how cool were holograms? I thought holograms were going to be the future. Yeah. Like even holograms, uh, I had a soft spot for supernaturals because I think they must have been at cheap stores and I had a few supernaturals. But I remember video game magazines when I started discover gaming, you'd get holograms on the front yeah. of yeah. the magazines. Yep. Like I've yep. got a Mean Machines magazine with a hologram Mario for Mario 3 on the front, which is really cool. Um, but Scotty did ask me to do a quiz, but bugger off, Scotty. I don't do homework. <laughs> I'm not going to, like, it's bad enough I'm running the show here. This is a Toy Power podcast, not the Chris Fresh podcast. Um, so no, no quiz from me, but um, we did get to do a trip down memory lane. Um, I, like I could probably... You could talk for hours if you really wanted to get in depth about wrestling figures. Um, But if people are going, where would I start? Vintage, you're screwed. (laughs) It's like a lot of toy lines that feel like that. And and I think that is why. Everything is so expensive. Like With LJNs, LJNs, I probably got three quarters way there. And then it was like, it's so pointy now. I'm not going to make it. So I'm just going to back out. And just focus on Hasbro's. And I made a tidy profit getting out. You know, I've kept a select few that represent the time to me. Um, but, you know, it was like, I, I, if I can't complete it, what am I doing? Like, I've got this three-quarter complete collection. Yep. And I've got some really super rare pieces in here. Like, the rarest Hasbro, uh, the rarest LJN is actually a Hasbro. Because G.I. Joe yes. did oh, a right. mail-away Sergeant Slaughter, Sergeant Slaughter yep. in the LJN style. And some like there's a lot of contentious issues. I love this of whether you consider that an LJN. <laughs> Me personally, I do. Yeah. You know, um, it's in the big rubber style. Sergeant Slaughter was in the WWF. It's there, but it's weird. It's a Hasbro figure. Yeah. Um, and like, and we're sort of seeing. Well, Sergeant Slaughter was a crossover with GI Joe. You know, and if you're looking for another wrestling crossover, and it always makes me laugh when you guys talk about it. William Refrigerator Perry, who was an NFL player that got a G.I. Joe figure, was in the NFL versus Wrestler Battle Royal at WrestleMania 2. Technically, it's a wrestling figure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And G.I. Joe, if you want to talk crossovers, just I'll close it on this because I regret not getting it. I know Dirty Uncle Mitch, he regrets not getting it because he loves Rowdy Roddy Piper. At San Diego, 
probably 10, 12 years ago, G.I. Joe released a Rowdy Roddy Piper figure. (laughs) It looks awesome. Worth hundreds. <laughs> you know, it's oh, like the San Diego like yeah. figures, like especially in the early days, or even now, but particularly in the early days. Like, if you didn't pounce, yeah, those yep. things, yeah, like, like I guess, like you know, Transformers, like they did the Sky Striker Star Scream, yeah, and stuff like that. I always thought it was cool in concept, but just worth a zillion dollars. I think I've got the one San Diego exclusive that I don't particularly want. That's probably not worth any money. In I got the movie Optimus Prime and it's in truck form yeah. and it's displayed in this awesome packaging and stuff, but bugger Michael Bay. Yes. Um, but yeah, <laughs> just that to be the one San Diego exclusive um, I do have, but wrestling figures do get cool exclusives every comic con every year yeah. this year. Um, I don't know if you know the movie, no holds barred, which was a wrestling movie that came yeah. out in the eighties yeah. where Hulk Hogan faced Zeus, tiny Lister. They released Zeus and Hogan, in VHS packaging. That's right. Oh, yes, there it yes, is. Yep, yep. Sold out in button. seconds on Mattel Creations. Thanks, Mattel Creations. Um, but yeah, so they they did a Sergeant Slaughter in LJN packaging last year. So they've done some really cool exclusives as well. So my recommendation is if you don't mind wrestling and you want to know where to start, just go Mattel because they've done everything and they've done it pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're not going to be nostalgic for the old stuff because you didn't collect it back then. But this Mattel bizarrely holds value. So if it came out six, seven years ago, it's going to cost you. But what Mattel's done, a lot of collectors are up in arms about it. I don't know how you guys would feel about it. Like, so WrestleMania 7 Ultimate Warrior, where he had a career and he matched with Macho Man, those figures were in a line called Defining Moments. They came out eight years ago. I've got them. Worth a fortune. This year, they're redoing them. Eight right. years—that's a—that's yeah. a short turnaround. I think it's—I think it's good because I think it's good, because I think it's good too. Them. Because um, people have a chance. People like, have a I don't—I yeah. don't buy as an investment. I buy because I'm a psycho, um, <laughs> and, and I've got You're a problem. Kind of psycho. Yeah. yeah um, but you know, a lot of collectors get upset going, "No, if you missed this eight years ago, you shouldn't get it now yeah. because it's going to devalue what I've got." But it's like. Nah, it's not what it's about. It's gatekeeping at the end of the day. But people like people missed out. Like, you know, it's yeah. So that's it for wrestling figures. Um, if you really if you're feeling like you want to start collecting wrestling figures, go to the SBS (laughs) watch Dark Side of the Ring, and it will depress you about the business of professional wrestling. You won't want to you won't want to buy anything. You won't want (laughs) to contribute to that yeah i'll go work in the industry like i did and yeah. i kill it for you um but thanks guys for having me on to talk figures I, I you know i personally adore each and all of you um and we haven't had a chance to talk about it but you know coming over and hanging with you guys early in the year was like by far the <laughs> hell of a year for me by far the highlight of it it was so much fun um i i wish i could come across again in october i'll try and get across next year i've got some terrible news in paul jones is jonesy is coming across in october oh no, that's not terrible. Oh, that's a, uh, well, well, he better have we'll a lot back. of money because we're going to charge him double for everything <laughs> yeah. he picks up. Um, come back to that. But, um, Jonesy and Lady J are driving across to Adelaide oh, for nice. the for, for the toy fair. I think they heard Mitch and I raving about yeah. what a great time we had, and it is that toy fair that Brett runs 
is the best toy fair I've ever been to. Um, Like all due respect to the Malvern toy fair here in Melbourne. They're cool. Like they're running every two months. Like it's a regular thing. We're using it as a social thing. Like it's because it's a lot of the time it's the same stalls and you're saying the same stuff, but you know, we're finding it as an excuse to catch up with each other, but you know what? There's nothing like Brett's toy fair, the Adelaide comic um, and toy fair, like, it's worth traveling interstate for and you get to see cool guys like um, Trent, Frank, Ben and Scotty. And you'll see how oh. random Davey damaged, like just look for the neon colors glowing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're, um, you're you may see Casey and her unnamed partner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an inside reference. Um, wandering around the toy fair, but it is a great time. I'm jealous. I hope you guys have the best time. I wish I, you know, I wish I had have got to see Darren, but you know, it it was nice sort of seeing his collection yeah. going to homes where people will appreciate it, and it was actually nice seeing what he had and almost feeling a connection. Yep. Going right on, Darren. You know, I respect. I, I love yeah. that too. Yeah. You know, and like, and it'll go, oh, Darren, why'd you buy that for? Like, it was great, but you guys were doing, you guys were doing the Lord's work for Darren's parents. Um, I know you don't, you don't talk about it. You don't put yourselves over as we would say in the wrestling business, but what you guys have done for his family was incredible. Um, and you know, you'll forever have my love and respect because it was awesome what you guys did. And also the entertainment you have provided us because your podcast is amazing. Scotty, I'm glad you're on board. Um, you're the unsung hero of this show, mate. Um, look, you're a bit tardy with getting the podcast started tonight and you gave me homework. <laughs> we'll talk about that off air. Um, but no, in all seriousness, business um i i love this show i love getting to come on and um yeah i never stop oh thank you thank you so much and it is you know having i know your your show is on hiatus at the moment and so it's wonderful i think for listeners uh hear your voice voice over the airways let's be honest you you were 90 percent of this episode as far as the the word spoken which is which is wonderful don't don't blame me for the numbers um hey hey hey, hey, it's podcast is still going strong yeah uh will we see uh geek dudes come back in any way shape or form to find yeah. round out the ten year anniversary because we're there's all a, hanging. A, exclusive Toy Power podcast to <laughs> review. Go. go. There, there's a lot going on this year, but um, I've spoken to Mitch and Jonesy about next year. Um, being me, I actually was working on a new concept for a podcast um, because you know, like Geek Dudes is fun, but it. Uh, it's so entwined with personal life and everything like that. When that gets hectic, yeah, it I feels inauthentic yep. Yep. to podcast and not address stuff. And, you know, you want to just talk about the fun stuff. And I was like, you know, Mitch has lost Massive Attack now because Joe, the guy he was doing the podcast with, yeah. wanted to yep. step back, you know, um, which is fair enough. Um, he did try and, and do a solo episode, but it was very, very um, audio there was audio issues and I reached out to him and said, Hey man, you know, are you able to clean this up? Cause it's, it's, it's almost impossible to hear. Like, I, I don't know what happened, yeah. but mm. it was almost as if he was um, muted the mics or something. I don't know. Yeah. And I that, give him credit. Cause it's, yeah. it's hard when you just turn it on and yeah, you're by yourself. Yeah, sure. And it's like, let, let's, he even put audio clips in there. I was impressed. Yeah. Um, I just demand Jonesy come great distance and just record <laughs> every, everything that I do. But um, like, 
we'll be back in podcast form in one way, shape or form um, next year. I can pretty much guarantee that just even if it's just for us, because you guys know it's therapeutic to sort of yeah. catch up and yeah, sort of. Absolutely. Um, it's, a, it's a social event as well, as much as it's fun. It's just for a everyone. recorded social yeah. event, really. That's it. Just, just for the record, the reason Geek Dudes went on hiatus was me. You know, I, I needed a break, but I did pitch to Jonesy to do Geek Attack where yeah. they could just continue on and um, you know, they'd probably gain extra listeners not having me on um, and um, do something together. But, you know, they wanted to, it was for trio or nothing sure. um, for them, which is, is fair. So um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if we can have our um, Beatles moment where we're on top of a building. Um, <laughs> well, we, we need to hear out but, the rest of the song, the who forgot the lyrics at least. There's oh, no, yeah. so. <laughs> when you realise he's not even halfway through, know, like, so we, we'll be going to where 80 try yeah. to um, <laughs> co- complete that. I'll still um, be listening, bro. I'll still be listening. But I, I recommend to your listeners subscribe to the Patreon because you get to join the Discord and it's an awesome community in there. But also you're supporting these dudes who like, it, like weekly, it's hard to do a podcast every week. And people don't realize that, but it is, you know, it's effort, it's editing, it's content, it's travel. Um, it's, it's everything. So, you know, every little bit helps sort of keeping going. There's hosting fees, there's equipment, there's everything. So, you know, if you want to help the dudes out, you know, I subscribe to their Patreon because it's one of the better ones that you can um, throw your money at. No. Thank you, Fresh. Thank you. And on that note, a big thank you to all our patrons because it is wonderful having you on there. Lots of comments, lots of chatter. We love it. It's great. And some wonderful scores going around as always. Hey, thanks, guys, for coming in. Amazing. Great to hear more about wrestling. I now need to go make multiple uh, wrestling figure databases and then try and link (laughs) them all because that timeline you went through without notes, I might add, was absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'm so lazy. Like, <laughs> I, I, I did today go to myself, oh, I should do notes so I'm like linear and sort of yeah. go through everything. I was like, I'm just going to riff off the top of my head. Yeah. It's and you've podcast. done it. And, you've done and, it. And, yeah. and I held my microphone, Davey, the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <Like a> savage. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Thank you, Fresh. Thanks to everyone else for tuning in to another episode of Toy Power. It is super cool to have your company. We really appreciate it. And until next time, stay safe, take care. And that button. <laughs> and until next time, good journey! You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast. At Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Or have your say and email us. Podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher. And please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome.